This is Greg McLaughlin of the Rebel Base Card Podcast, and you are listening to Ian Taylor and Norrin Rad of the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Collectors, assemble! Hello everybody, my name is Ian Taylor and you are listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, your weekly digest of hobby goodness, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me as always is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. Before we started recording, he said to me, we will podcast, I have spoken. To which I replied, this is the way. It's Norin Rad. Hey, buddy. I love it. Uh, Little Star Wars ref from the day. I thought you'd like that. Well, it seems appropriate uh, to it have does. a Star Wars reference because uh, truly, truly this week, the Force is with us. Uh, the the, the fan, physical manifestation of the Force, um, the one and only Greg McLaughlin of the Rebel Base Card podcast is with us this week. Hey, Greg. Hello, hello. Yes, and the Force is with my coffee this morning. It's the thing that's keeping me going. <laughs> yeah yeah this is the thing is i'm actually quite i'm not sure if i'm relieved or 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 sad that norin doesn't drink coffee or any caffeinated beverage because i really want to see norin do one of these because yeah it's always morning for norin like nine times out of ten and now granted it's not early early morning it's like 9 a.m so it's 9 a.m most it's like it's slacker morning yeah really yeah. honestly slacker yeah. morning yeah um <laughs> but I, you know, I really want to see you with a double espresso in you one of these days. And just oh, see I would happens. be scary. I'd be like, it'd be more karaoke than it would be. And it's not being drunk. It's just caffeine. But I, I get hyper. I, it's weird. Yeah. It's very weird. It's a very the weird inflection in the, in the inflection in the hey, buddy would probably be a little more, a uh, little more creepy. In it. Hey, buddy. Well, I have a feeling it'd be more chipmunk. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> wow. Uh, here we go. Uh, so, Greg. Greg, yes. Greg. So um, for, for those who don't know, Greg, um, for how many years have you been doing it now, Greg? I think we're in year four. So I got three under my belt and this is year four of the okay. uh, podcast, cool. Instagram channel and whatnot. All right. Wow. So Greg, Greg does pretty much what we do, but for Star Wars cards. Um, and I think you were up and running a bit before us, but we didn't discover you until we were kind of up and running ourselves. Um but Greg's been on the show before. We did a crossover back in episode twenty something ish, um, and I, I want to say that we've spoken on the podcast again since. But now I say it, I'm doubting myself, which means that today is severely overdue. <laughs> we, um, I think, the last time I was on, there was a group, and it was a great, it was a great show where you had a number of folks, including uh, Chris Mixer, who I'd heard recently on Ingrid Hardy's. And Lindsey Grayling's podcast with the penciled in, and which reminded me that I need to get Chris Mixer on the program because he's amazing to listen yeah, to. We've been yeah, he is for a while, actually. But well, yeah, properly. It's, yeah, it's always fun because to be on someone else's podcast because there's a whole lot less work that you have to do, <laughs> and you just have to show up <laughs> with the microphone and make sure you've got power. Uh, so <laughs> I, I enjoy my uh, my times on this. I know that there have been you've had other collectors on and so forth. Um, but yeah, and I think that's the same thing with, with us. It's like, I've had recurring guests on and sometimes you go, do I really mind? And you go, eh, not really. Um, because I think a lot of it has changed. I think when we started and I, we started about the same time, mm. um, in 2019, but 
boy, those yes. were the halcyon days before COVID. And I've been kind of dying to, you know, talk to you guys again and, and listen about all the things that's really changed our marketplace and with the group mm. that the Marvel card collectors and what the Marvel card universe um, worldwide there, you have the two groups you have, I think a great pulse on how those communities have been affected by the pandemic and so forth. So it's really been interesting. And I think you guys, like I said, you guys have been killing it uh, with a lot more consistency than I have, um, you know, but it, at the same time, I think it makes it tougher because of the fact that you've, you know, you and Norrin, you know, you have to rely on each other's schedules, but also, you know, the whims of Upper Deck and the release schedule of, you know, of the Marvel cards, you know, and so it's it's been real fascinating to, to follow the podcast. And like I said, I always kind of consider us and I know Wax Pack here is like we're all kind of sister podcasts in a way, um, but it's just you know, it's our, our, our hobby has really changed. And I think it really helps that you guys are still there, still kicking it. And some of these other folks that, that aren't the Johnny come lately is that kind of given it, they give, I think card collectors, I think a lot more breadth and width and insight on, yes, it's popular now. Yes. It's very expensive now, but this is what, you know, this is what it's all about. And this is what's going to take you if you want to keep enjoying this. That's a yeah. long winded answer, but yeah, no, I loved it. That's fine. That was I'm actually a, really, really well put. I got the big cup today, so I'm really. He's, mad. <laughs> he's, got, he's got, he's got his big gulp coffee cup. This is a huge there. mug. It's like uh, twenty ounce, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that means in English money. Anyway, so um, I, money. I was, I was going to ask. Obviously, you, you've been listening to us, and you know, I could talk forever about how our podcast, I think, has changed over the last year, eighteen months. How, how you, how's your podcast kind of changed? over covid and over the last year 18 months because you've you've um you you had a little bit of a hiatus but you've been doing some kind of side quests as well and mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just curious to to know kind of how that's been for you and and what's kind of dictated the the changes because you are you know as you, as you alluded to you are it's just you you don't have a a regular co-host um like like we both do i think i i was fortunate enough to get about a year or so you know, year or two into doing the podcast and getting a schedule and, and getting an idea because when I started, you know, I had been collecting since 2015, but collecting, at, you know, a serious collector and finding out your hobby resources and what all this stuff means because I had no idea what, you know, sketch cards were, you know, back then there weren't autos and things like that. And so I was just starting to find like, oh, this is a hobby box. This is how they fall out. This is, you know, I was starting to get sell sheets from tops as far as like what's coming up and who knew the artists and getting to know that before everything kind of changed. And not only did the distribution, you know, a lot of things got kind of pushed back. Thankfully there were some things in the tank that they had released, but then you, you started seeing, prices skyrocket, not only for new product, but for vintage. And I started, excuse me, I started seeing a lot of interest in one of my earlier, you know, collectors. It was sort of a non-numbered collecting Star Wars cards. And so I saw a huge spike in listening to that one, which I sh I've threatened for, for months to go back and redo, but a lot of the core aspects remain about talking about, you know, the different aspects and where do you need to go and get it. So having to deal with the investment side of it, and then especially during at that same time, 
the tops sale to fanatics, you know, you're having to reread these press releases and understanding, you know, because before tops was sold, they were going to go public. And so they were going to go with, you know, sort of the SPAC, um, was it the SPAC or SPAC? I think that SPAC's the way you talk about it, the type of way of going public. And so you had to kind of ingest that and understand what's going on. And then after the sale, you know, the sale killed that them going, um, public and then they got acquired. So what does that mean? And so I, you know, having, uh, you know, some guests on that kind of helped me parse out what does the sale of fanatics mean? How's that going to go down? And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think a lot of it is just trying to understand and then trying to relate that to an audience who, you know, I consider, you know, I have probably serious collectors and I have folks who collect casually and maybe there are folks who just listen because they know me, uh, which is why I was, we were trying out the, the batch for breakfast shows last year where we, we kind of, it was kind of a recap show, but it wasn't in that I wanted to see if I could create a space where I could get somebody on. I could ask my questions because now we have all these series going on. I'm going, I can't go through and go each frame and understand all the Easter eggs. I know Marvel, but not at that level or Star Wars at that level, but I could ask questions. I could say, what is it about this? And uh, thankfully my co-host, uh, Greg Cass from Ion Cannon, who was amazing. He is a professor and he could, we could go back and forth, make a really short show. And some of that was an experiment to see like, all right, could you do a self-contained episode that almost took no time to produce? You do, you yeah. do the intro beginning and end, you slap it out and get it in there and get it in the feed. And uh, it, it worked well. Like I said, I think in some cases when you're doing that, I found that you kind of have to go hand in hand because when you have an audience for a while, there are expectations of what they're used to hearing and what they want to hear. And, and some people like anything else, they might not listen to every one of your episodes, but they might pick and choose. And so I think if you give them a good combination of just like anything else, as opposed to giving them, you know, for a while, it's like, I couldn't do both shows at the same time, but yes. I, finding a way to do a little bit of each and that I do, I do think appeal to the casual, but also keeps the, you know, the, the hardcore fan in there. And then something, um, I think it was one of the first times, like you alluded to, you, you really liked the homestead keeping or sort of the news and notes that I do. Mm. And so now sometimes if I have, a guest. And maybe if I go off topic or anything else, I want to make sure I get some good news in that. And because that way, even if you listen to the podcast for more than, you know, for eight to 20 minutes, you get what you need. If you want to stay for the rest, cool. If not, yeah. you can move on. And so, so it becomes a resource. I love right. that. Yeah. And so you feel like I'm, I'm, I'm still appealing to, if you're looking at that Venn diagram of like, all right, Star Wars fans, card collecting fans, Star Wars card collecting fans, but yeah. also I think outside of a group, and there, there was a podcast and I think they, they've kind of got on pause for a while that, that appealed to that was from a star Wars card collecting group and which was perfect for that group. But I think it appealed more to them. Um, I was trying to go for a larger audience of potentials mm-hmm. and bring a little bit of everything to it. But, you know, when you say like cards collecting community, you give yourself a little wider berth because by our nature, we're very niche. We, we have, there is a limited audience that will go in and, but you know, I think if you can structure it so that there's card information, when you guys talk to artists, you're finding a little bit about them or you're talking to industry folks, you know, there's a little something for everybody in there. And I think also if you are not necessarily a Marvel card collector, like I do, I, I, I dabble, I still enjoy it because now I've gotten to know you guys. 
And, you know, you start to go along and what are they talking about? And, you know, and finding out that interview you guys did with Grant from Upper Deck going, wow, that has impact on, you know, I think one of the biggest telling signs, sorry, I'm going way off topic. Um, okay. You know, Grant was talking about Topps' baseball, the flagship, as being mm. the most important release in, in the calendar year. And you go, that's that's huge when you have a competitor basically saying that is this, you know, that is the the straw that stirs the drink as it were to bring Reggie Jackson into this, but you, <laughs> you go, they, they're, we're all connected. It all, you know, we, we don't, we think there were these little silos, but it's all connected, whether it's, you know, trying to find Marvel card, you know, Marvel sticker books at, at, at GameStop or finding, you know, you know, going to EPAC or going to Tops Line, it's all connected and they they do pay attention to each other and they do influence, I think. Yeah. And we're all in now in this boat together as far as where these cards are going to go. And, you know, hopefully a, a collector or a fan will get something out of this other than listen yeah. to us rattle on for uh, for hours and hours. Right? <laughs> well, it's, uh, I mean, we've, we've often joked it's a little bit of therapy for us as well because um, the, the, the group aspect of it is, uh, which I think I'm probably closer to than, than Noren is, um, is um, enormously uh, draining and time-consuming and um, I'm being completely honest, but a little bit wearing um, at times. But you know, it, it, it is what it is, but it's an enormously useful feeding ground in terms of topics and, and things that we can talk about and trends because you can kind of, you, yeah. know, you do get that sense of mm-hmm. what people are doing. And, you know, I don't I don't necessarily feel the need to go and try and absorb content from elsewhere because I'm kind of I'm kind of full to the to the comfortable mark with, with yeah. what's coming into the groups. Um, so I kind of have, you know, I have that, that, that tolerance threshold knowing, I know you, you kind of do a lot more on the, on the Instagram side or, or I have done in terms of absorbing content and watching content and, you know, being part of content creation, um, which I, think, you know, I yeah. just don't have the bandwidth for. Um, I mean, it's so nice. Out there. It's too much out there. I mean, what's nice is Ian is definitely closer to the group. I get too sensitive. Um, so I have to be careful. Um, <laughs> to participate. I did last I get, night. I had to boot someone. <laughs> I saw that, but that was worth it and also warranted. Um, but I think for me, it's just like I have been kind of, it's funny. It's weird how things get DV'd up when you have a co-host because, you know, I'm always a big admirer of yours, Greg. You know, you, you've you've put out those cards, which just look so awesome. You do oh, these interviews. Talk about those in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're constantly at the conventions and, and I love the pictures you put up when you cosplay. Yeah, baby. And, um, I just, I just love, I really love all that stuff you do. And, and, and I'm, I'm just such a big admirer of yours. And, you know, for me, you're the, you're the only, you know, star Wars podcast. Cause I just think that there's so much the care and tenderness that goes into your topics. And that always makes me really happy to hear. Tell you what is interesting though. What I find is interesting is, and one of your guests a while back said this, Greg, um, they said that, um, and now I can't remember the quote. How embarrassing is that? It was something to along the lines <laughs> of that that nobody owns the fandom. It's like, it's like kind of a shared thing. Oh, I can't I remember that. if it, that's even the word that they used. And one thing I've, I I thought was fascinating is that you mentioned Ion Canon. Now I'm assuming Canon. No, why do I say Canon? Canon. I'm assuming that's a podcast. No. Um, podcast. No. Interestingly enough, um, now Greg Cass has the 
the Twitter and the Instagram handle Ion Cannon. Right. And then there was a company that was, I guess, had a lot of VC money and they were getting into pop culture podcasting and whatnot. And someone created the Ion Cannon podcast. And right. Greg's like, Greg's like, I don't have any ownership over this, but you could clearly see. And he had a, he has a really good following. And I'm like, really, you could have spent 10 seconds. Like I did. I mean, my, my whole Instagram channel was ready to go up on, you know, in 2019. And then I had to change it because there was a cardboard cantina already out there. And I was up then to another three hours, uh, you know, past midnight redoing, coming up with a new name and artwork because I was going to launch the Instagram page and whatnot, because that was going to be. And I'm like, because I just happened to bother to look. And I was like, and that's been a contention for us because I'm like, look, you know, and I think now if I look on Twitter and I like making, uh, not to be mean, but I like making fun of the, uh, let's see, I on, there's, I, there's an Ion Cannon podcast. I think they had like 75 followers. Uh, <laughs> where are they at now? Ion Cannon pod. Oh, they're up to 102. Um, <laughs> You're giving them free publicity here. You're giving them free publicity. <laughs> no. Anyway, no, what I was going to say was my my, uh, and I think I think I, I think Ion Cannon, notwithstanding, I think there are quite a lot lot of Star Wars podcasts. That's putting it. Uh, would, I be, would I be right? Okay, so and I know that you've guested on some, and I know you've had people. Mm-hmm. So there does seem to be that enormous crossover. We, um. I know that we were the first Marvel cards focused podcast, and I know there's been a few that have come up since then. One, one that we crossed over with was um, not Marvel focused because they also talked about DC sets, uh, collectors assemble, I think they're called. Mm. Um, but generally speaking, there doesn't seem to be that same cross pollination. There are lots of Marvel MCU podcasts and lots of kind of Marvel themed podcasts, but everything appears quite siloed. And the wonderful thing I I, I perceive about Star Wars is that there is that cross-pollination is that you will talk to people who will talk about action figures like when you got the guys from uh, uh gonk toys mm-hmm. i mean that was one of my favorite episodes of yours because their energy and their passion was 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 just inspiring um and but they're talking about making acrylic cases of a certain collector standard and the passion mm-hmm. and the care that goes mm-hmm. into making sure the measurements are correct and that it's the right quality of materials and that they're making it for all these different types of figures and they even show you how to put the your figures in there so that they don't you know get damaged and you know all that you know, care and attention and and yet i listen to you because you're a star wars trading card podcast but you get that crossover <laughs> and I, I i just find that fascinating and i don't see that so much i mean maybe it's there i don't i'm not seeing it knowing you might you might have seen it i'm not seeing no. it on the marvel side I don't. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I remember I'm, I, I remember being a kid and I had um, a magazine that was, and I feel like these magazines were out a lot and Greg probably remembers these more uh, correctly than I do, but I had the Boba Fett one and it was said collectors on it or something like that. And it was a magazine that kind of went through all the different collectibles of Boba Fett uh, mm. from the action figure, from the, from the statue to the cards from the, it wasn't versus system, but it was the TCG star Wars stuff, right. Mm-hmm. From back in the day. Um, and it had the blueprint of slave one in there. I feel like star Wars always, I still have it. It's in the closet. Uh, I love that magazine. Um, but I feel like what was so awesome about star Wars and was always been awesome about star Wars. In my opinion, is that collectibles in star Wars 
really is that tree, right? It's like, Hey, collectibles for star Wars. You know what I mean? And then you branch out, you know, you go toys, cars. And, and I feel like Lucasfilms or whoever was in charge of that really understood, Hey, we're going to merchandise these things. This is going to be a big thing. Let's always keep it as collectibles. So that way, all the niche people are hanging out with other niche people and they can all kind of come together. I feel like that's completely vanished in our culture of hobbyists and collectors. You know what I mean? We don't have that kind of, you know, not everybody hunts on eBay, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, we all have to find each other on Instagram posts. You know, there's not really just one place where like all these people who are, and and to be honest, and and I don't mean to blow this up or be uh, facetious, but experts, in their hobbies. You know what I mean? Sharing that knowledge. Now it's very much different groups, but how do you manage a group of Star Wars collectibles and have everyone in there, especially when you have the wall of disappearing posts on Facebook? Like that's impossible. That just doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's never going to work. But, you know, Star Wars has always really been good about having that kind of space. I don't feel like Marvel has. I've always had to like either were into cards originally got into comic books play with action figures you were into action figures got into comics and saw cards come with comics you know what i mean it's always this linear thing rather it being this circular kind of space yeah Yeah. It, it feels like um actors used to be able to either do tv or movies yes you know it very, feels yeah. like that with marvel Se- sectored but yeah whereas star wars i mean the very net right marvel don't doesn't have a convention okay marvel doesn't have a convention whereas star wars does and the thing that the beauty about it and it sums it up it's called celebration it mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether you're in it for the cars for the figures for the cosplay yes, yes. uh for whatever it is you're there celebrating star wars and that, that I mean, I, I don't know if you kind of see that and feel that, Greg, but you certainly seem to be very much part of a web of, of, of passionate people that, that respect each other and are willing to engage, whereas I always feel like there's the almost opposite magnetic thing happening sometimes with different Marvel tribes. It seems to me that, you know, like, well, with Star Wars, I think you have, you know, George Lucas got in on the merchandising right away because that wasn't going, that wasn't traditionally a big money maker and so he was able to finagle you know the, the merchandising right out of fox and that blew up right away and so you had a lot of kids who entered into you know who loved the movie and then had all this stuff at their disposal and that included you know for me the core was the the comics came out right away the the kenner stuff didn't come out until later because it was delayed but the cards also came out but then in here everything from you know i'm i'm sure although there weren't kenner there was certainly uh you know pillow pillowcases and bed sheets <laughs> yep so you did Pulte have guys man uh, <laughs> they're all over this. it's all over in that scene <laughs> so you had a lot of branded merch where i think with marvel the comics you had comics and comics and so you have comic collections and i do think that that in the 90s right the marvel cards although there was a couple of sets before of stickers and whatnot i think marvel cards kind of spawned from that huge card boom of the late 80s early 90s and then of course you got the cartoons that kind of came on but you know it wasn't really until the MCU, I think in what in Iron Man and things like, even though there was Spider-Man that you had this, you know, where I think everything started clicking together and now you have Marvel hitting, you know, it's now pop culture. Whereas I think it was niche for a long time. 
but I just don't think you had on the Marvel side, although I see, you know, in back, I see uh, Norn's casing where you have different, you know, the, the high end and the low end. I don't know if, I mean, you've had Marvel figures forever, but I don't think you had it at the, at the blow up that it was for on the star Wars side. Yeah. Um, I think the only time he came close for me, and this is childhood memory, so it might be just totally wrong and bonkers. But for me, it was Saturday morning cartoons, right? Mm-hmm. It was the X-Men anime X-Men. series. It was the Fantastic Four. It was the Marvel action hero uh, hour. And I feel like all of a sudden, Spider-Man, right? It had that moment was there, mm-hmm. which helped the toys because the toys were very much mirrors to that action hour kind of right. thing. Right. So they were produced. So that was the only time where collectibles started kind of coming full circle in terms of Marvel, where it started having like this, like symbiotic symbiotic relationship with like television and timing of toys release and stuff. And then at the, you know, by 96 though, was the hard cut for Marvel. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cause like a lot of things went, went down the, down, down the tubes at that point um, over production or whatever the details may be. Um, so that was the only time it got close to that, but then it stopped. And, and for Marvel cards specifically, you know, it went through the stages of, you know, produced a lot of cards, cards were big, comics were big, everything was popping eighties, nineties. And then, you know, early two thousands, things died off. And then it was in, you know, Flare Ultra Spider-Man 97, we get, you know, for, for the first sketches, you know what I mean? But they're really rare. They're really niche. Really, really niche, you know, basically vanish. Uh, 98, it's not until, you know, modern Marvel cards in 2016, where, you know, collectors of cards were really into sports cards and collecting high end. And I think 2016 made people look at it and be like, oh, this is high end stuff now. This is, you know, very much selling to the collector. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of where we are right now is a lot of people who are in this are, you know, the card investor people. You know what I mean? That's that's the era we live in right now is people who are investing in collectibles and treating them as uh, portfolios. You know, I've heard that word be thrown around a lot. Assets, um, as, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. assets as well. I just, I do wish that there was, to bring a full circle, I do wish there was this kind of what I've always dreamed of us doing is, is, and what I dream for non-sports is I think Marvel and star Wars are the two IPs for non-sports to make non-sports big. You know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. there needs to be a a whole very specific card convention and it'd be star Wars, Marvel. You know what I mean? Like those are two huge names that could bring, you know, a lot of, um, attention to to these cards and i'm excited for the boosters as well because i feel like that will help people kind of look at them and you know get more excited i don't know i want the fandom there again i want to see something like a marvel celebration kind of thing you know what i mean i don't know well and i want to see and i definitely want to see you know when you see this consolidation that's that's taking place in the card market Right. Because Panini lost those licenses for, you know, basketball and for football um, to, you know, to the, you know, so Tops is going to be starting to produce those here in a couple of years. And so you're going to have most of the major sport franchises under the Fanatics banner, which was, which owns Tops. You want and need a company like Upper Deck to keep going because, and, you know, NHL decided they were going to stay with upper deck and that's 
good for NHL. I think it's good for upper deck. Um, but you also want to see that, you know, it's, it's interesting because they have, you know, whereas upper deck has a physical license for Marvel tops does the Marvel digital app. And so there's that little, there's a, there's a weird space where one can have something the other can't, but the other, you know, well, that the other is more known for, hmm. but you do want to see, right. You, you want to see, I, I want to see Marvel cards thrive, not necessarily because I need another thing to not have room for, <laughs> but I am interested in the, in the entire genre. I want to see cards succeed regardless of what they really are. I want to see the majors do it and do it well. I want to see the independents do it and do it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, but I also want to, you know, it's also not, it's also, I don't know necessarily it's good for the industry. If every, if all the eggs are in one basket and then you have some interesting decisions being made and whereas very easily it could be influenced into a higher price point only. I mean, I guess, you know, I'll take what I can get. And, but I think as a collector, I would be just as happy with a retail only release that had no investor value as long as it gave me something to chase. Like I go back to this, I go back to this Marvel album. There's no cards in it for me to chase, but it does find it does feed that passion of looking and you're looking for numbers and you're pulling, oh, I need this. You know, that that completist, that collector's mentality of doing it, it was at it's at a good price point. And it's entertaining because there's a lot in that in that album that can kind of go through and you're like, oh, that's right. There's a picture of Thanos with Iron Man, and but it's a Thanos from years back and go, oh, that's right. And there was one where they had a sticker about the Groot cover, the, the classic, you know, the golden age Groot cover oh, nice. um, or showing a, a potentially a new market. Hey, there was something called Strange Tales. There was something called Journey into Mystery, um, you know, Tales of Suspense, Tales to Astonish. Mm-hmm. And as we get further into the MCU and they develop their own you know, they develop their own history and legacy. You know, I always kind of go back to like, those are the, sometimes the comics I like going back and reading now because here's the first appearance of here's this. And, you know, you get like, especially it was something like Moon Knight, although Moon Knight is, is Bronze Age. I don't, I have a couple of issues under my belt, but I don't have that legacy. And so it's like, oh, I'm learning something new. And you go, hey, where did that debut? And you go back and, oh, you could pick up that's in so-and-so. And so, you know, it's... Going back, it's like you want a healthy market. You like you like seeing something that appeals to maybe something for a high end high end investor collector, something that appeals to you know an everyday person. And I think at the end of the day, when I look at the fan base that I'm trying to reach, now thankfully in the Star Wars realm, there's a, nearly everybody has something. Everybody's collecting something, even if they don't have a focus for it or they like swag or whatnot. They everybody likes something. And so what you're trying to do is appeal to you know have Cards is my core because I could talk about it ad nauseum, but I can appeal to everybody else and I haven't closed myself off of. Now, the problem is marketing wise, I'm the card guy. I'm like, I could talk. You want to talk about Rise of Skywalker? Let's do it. But I may not be the first person on that Rolodex when someone's looking for a guest. But, you know, in the hopes of doing it long enough, I, I have enough people I can go to and I go, look, if I have an audience that's willing to go along with me on a on a cosplayer or on a you know, like a collector who happens to work for a baseball team. Come with me on this one. You'll like it. You'll really trust me. You'll like it. And then I think you get that trust from the audience to go, all right, he's dabbling, but this is fun because we're now they've gotten to know me and, and kind of know the style and, and all that. And it's, you know, and hopefully, you know, there's this never ending bucket of stories that you can tell. Same, I mean, you know, but it's, 
you've got the same, you've got, you've got your artist, you've got, you know, people who character collect, which is, you know, not, I don't think as prevalent maybe on the star Wars. Well, it is, but I'm like, it doesn't get the highlights up. So it's like, you have this, you have these stories you can tell. That's hopefully why we still do what we do. Yeah. I mean, I love hearing people's stories. I mean, we, um, we've, we've, we've been fortunate to interview some amazing collectors and there's so many more out there that <laughs> I'd love to talk to, um, yeah. just to, just to kind of find out, you know, what they're about and where they're at. Um, the interesting thing, there's, there's one guy that we had on the podcast who's, um, uh, Don, who's really into Dr. Strange, mm-hmm. the Dr. Strange, um, archive, um, and his his collection is just is just mind blowing, mind blowing, um, literally a museum archive. It really <laughs> is, yeah. It's intense. Um, yeah, it's awesome. But he interestingly he character collects in Star Wars mm. as one of his kind of um, side quests. I don't know. I mean, I guess he and Don does he think of it as a side quest. It's but, hilarious. Yeah. No, him and I talk about this all the time um, because he's he's a fan of Star Wars, um, always has been for sure. And I think him and I kind of started our collections at the same time. Like, you know, man, I, I talked to Greg about this <laughs> way too much, but like, you know, when I first saw that preview of, uh, uh, ET, uh, you know, entertainment, whatever it is of, of Mando and they were coming out with that show. I was like, I'm in, I'm done. Let's do this. I'm all the way. I'm waiting for the cards. When are the cards coming out, Greg? <laughs> like, what is this happening? Do we know anything? I even bought the comic book variant cover because I'm just excited. And, you know, he he's done it for, um, oh, God, thought, uh, Thrawn. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, he's almost done with the 2022 Masterworks Rainbow auto and card like he's almost there i still can't believe it he's like flying 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 um but yeah no it's it's great yeah it is really cool to see him kind of go off on there but yeah he does a lot of the archive stuff huge fan of star wars and and Mm. and marvel same i think the bleed i think there's a huge crossover for those two though i don't know and there's a lot of people right now who are um influencers and you know people who are on youtube and stuff like that and that was one of my questions for you greg you know is is that um have you seen because i feel like marvel got hit first and and you correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like marvel cards got hit first on the whole like okay collections are being bought up bigger buyers all this kind of stuff and i feel like star wars is it's happening right now for star Wars. I don't know if that's true or not, but like I've heard a lot of rumblings from people who are like, all right, let's look at star Wars now. And let's, 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 let's go at this. I was there going was to a, ask the same question, whether Greg had seen it happening in star Wars. Cause I, I there was a ton of interest in vintage and it prompted me to do some spite buying um, only. And that's, let me see. See if I can get this without sending these box off. So, you know, the pandemic hits and a lot of these vintage sets are going up and I started buying, you know, I started looking at lots that, you know, we call them on eBay lots, right. Of vintage, because one, I wanted to have a, a beater set. Uh, you know, I have all, I have all my vintage and binders and you can look at them and, you know, I don't have the gloves like some of the breakers and some of these folks do that, you know, the white gloves and they're opening the stuff on, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or whatnot. But I wanted to have something I could go in and look and, you know, 
pull out and I didn't care about, I don't care about, you know, I don't care about condition of, I just wanted to be able to go through and hold them and go through and you'll notice and the only one in here that, oh, nice. <laughs> that one this one has you know this is luke skywalker this is like you know card number one but you did see these people you know you see you saw prices going up and whereas you know if you were trying to get a set of vintage on ebay for years you, you'd pay about the same but you know just the prices went up and then you know the biggest thing now you know a lot of people went and the grading companies just got pounded yeah, because everybody was sending in and, and people are sending their stuff in. And, yeah, and really, I think that's man. clearly separated the two. It's like you can still get you can still get, you know, raw cards as they were at a decent price, although you'll see prices on eBay or yeah, I'm sure you'll see it on ComSeal I, more than I am on there. But you'll see prices all over the board with some people thinking like, oh, I can sell this for, you know, there was somebody that sold it a, a graded a graded Luke Skywalker, number one, 1977. And it was, it sold for $55,000. I am very suspect of that. Not the fact that the transaction happened, but that what influenced that sale, did someone just buy them, buy it from themselves and whatnot. But, you know, you do see this separation of graded cards being sold, bought and sold at a higher price point than raw collections. And which kind of makes sense because those, the collect, you know, if you're buying a graded card, that condition will never in theory go down because it's embedded in plastic. And you can argue about whether or not that's a fun way to collect. You know, it's, it's a way, it's a way to collect. It's a way to preserve a collection. Or if you have a card that you're worried about taking care of, you know, like, you know, Hey, is it any sillier that we put it in a case, you know, a, a very nice case, a case with a combination lock on it. But and and that would it be the worst thing in the world is if the stuff that we poured thousands of dollars into be worth something. And if something if I, you know, so I don't mind the fact that that it was going up. But I started buying myself because I was like, I wanted to have this chase again, especially in the vintage side. And it was fun because I would buy random lots. And that was the closest thing you're going to get to because sealed packs are also was going up in price, sealed boxes, sealed packs. And so I'd put these lots of cards together and try to complete a set. And to some cases I did, some cases I end up getting a lot more of certain colors because they were easier. Um, you can't, it's hard to really find orange ones in mass anymore because those are just harder to find. They didn't, you know, that was the fifth series. They didn't make as many because uh, it was yeah. towards the end. But so I, I felt my own influence in buying because I was wanting to put this together. And also, I know that there were some collectors out there or some of my friends who never got it. And so I was like, you know what? Before this stuff gets put out of anybody's price point, and I was finding, you know, like really cheap lots, I was buying them. And I was, in some cases, shipping them out to friends of mine going, you don't have one of those? Here, I'm going to put this in the box rate. You need this, you know, great you know, condition be damned. It doesn't matter. You know, no. and so in some cases, and then, you know, another reason why is that when I started producing cards, I wanted to include some real Star Wars cards in the packs of these ones that I was producing. And one, it's a way to get rid of dupes. And two, I might put some of these, I'm, I'm trying to figure out which ones now I want to do it because now after you acquire it, you're like, I can't let any of this go. And you're like, stop, Gollum, stop doing it. <laughs> let it go. But, you know, it's something where you, you want to feel like if I'm, if I'm reaching an audience with these custom cards and I'm putting real ones in there that might spur the interest in and they can go back or maybe they touch with something that they collected from their kid. You, you guys do the same thing with the, oh. on the, uh, 
on the Marvel great. side. But I yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that these had actual um, cards. Uh, you, not you, you you know, original. It, cards. it isn't advertised because um, oh. I. You, it might say random SW cards because I really I'm not don't. Sure want. I understand. See, even Siri doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you might see that put down there because I didn't want to put the full name of it down there because that's one less thing for the top lawyers uh, to come after me. <laughs> yes, this, this, this part of the episode will be redacted. <laughs> no, but I thought one, it made nice filler Two, it helped get it's rid nice. of it. Get, it got rid of some of my inventory. Unfortunately, I ended up blowing up it anyway, <laughs> but it might, you know, show somebody going. And, and like I said, in the Star Wars side, everybody collects something, you know, you've yep. got your fans yeah. or whether they have like a, whether they have a Lego set or whether they have, you know, they like the soundtracks or whether they like, you know, what have you, um, everybody Legos. collects something. Yeah, and, something. Yeah. Mm. and I think, I, um, in, Oh, sorry, Karen. No, I was just saying, and you know, it might, like I said, it's a nice small collectible that now is contained in something that when you're at a convention, Oh, you can put it in a bag, but oh, there's there's a there's some substance to it, and it's kind of nice. And someone may get that luxury, like oh, I remember ripping Pokemon packs or Yu-Gi-Oh or Magic. And kids, you can still buy that uh, all you want at Targets and Walmart's everywhere. Uh, no, this card craze has not affected Yu-Gi-Oh in the slightest or Magic. <laughs> Have at it, kids. That is that is your collector. You want to go collect? You can find it. Any of it in large quantities um don't try to buy pokemon but yeah it's it's so it, it's it's giving it's a piece of swag that helps me out but also you know like i said i could go add um be careful getting me on this one because the 10 months and the end of this project uh, i got thoughts well no no no, no. this is no I, I i'm trying to steer you onto the project but i want to steer it on in a way that people who don't know what you're talking about will will, will, will be able to follow so i'm holding in my hands to uh, Rebel base cards, swag packs, which are effectively your own trading cards that you've made. Yes. Um, now I've got first series and I've got new series, so I'm not sure if that's series two, series three, series four. That is series know. two, and you'll bother series me two. if you don't open the series one. Do do not open them out of series. No, well, we're going to be opening <laughs> no, them in a minute. We're going, to be open, we're going to be opening them in a minute, and hopefully you'll be able to 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 take that part of the video out and maybe put it up on. And that's a good idea. Why don't you, you take that, that just that segment of the video where I'm opening these and pop it on your Instagram? And that way people can go and watch it there. And we, you know, a bit of traffic goes your way as well. Um, but anyway, we've got these. And so I wanted to talk about because we've 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 mused about making our own cards and we've we've had we've had at least one good idea, uh, which we've done nothing about. But um we um I, I've seen you posting pictures of these for about the last year. So talk to us. <laughs> what are you doing for someone who doesn't know anything about what I'm talking about? So I think from the very beginning, and because I'm a card collector, you know, you and I have I've seen everything from the f people from the 501st who do their own cards uh, to, cool. you know, if you look at nerd matters on Instagram, he makes a lot of like custom patches and cards. He, 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 makes some cards for himself that's sort of like promotional items, but almost like as a business card um, and all the different, you know, you think of the 501st Mandalorian Mercs, Rebel Legion, uh, the Saber Guild, a lot of these folks will do produce cards and you get one of these. And after you get like two or three, now you start to have a collection. Right. And so I, I wanted to do a, I've always kind of wanted to do a card for the podcast, never really could quite figure out the mechanism. 
And so last year at ScarifCon, this is a local event done by the Red Five uh, Podcast Network, uh, but they would do... Uh, you know, you, they have their swag table, right. And you put out stickers and you put out your stint pins and stickers. And I kind of was like, I kind of produced a, a variant, like a, it was like a laminated piece of paper that looked like a card. I finally was like, I couldn't figure out what I wanted on the card. Do I want it to have the guest? Well, do I want to get, do I have to worry about getting permission from, do I want to do some of my own stuff? Cause I, you know, we have all have these gorgeous camera phones. I wanted to kind of do highlights of as well as being a business card as a promotional tool. And I could do one and have, and just print that one ad nauseum. But after a while, I'm like, well, if you're going to do it, and once you figured out the, the, the template, you, you go to a place like Primo print or God print and you get the template down and you, you have a little bit of skill with a Photoshop variant. Like I do, I, I got the template down and then it was like, okay, I'll do it. And thankfully on the first one, I put one and then you go, okay, well, that means I can do two, three, four. And so after a while, and you started getting them back. And once you, it's, there's a huge difference, right? If anyone's done print, you know, there's a big difference between what you see on your digital screen, your monitor versus what you get back physically, size-wise, color-wise, you know, how it turns out. And so over the course of series one, you're going to see many different interpretations of blue. Um, And then I was trying (laughs) to see how close I could get to. Now, granted, um, nobody cares but me, but um, during the various years of the podcast, I have used my pod art at to follow the original vintage run so the first year of the podcast every you know, like the pot art was blue the blue star field then it was red uh yellow this year is yes and then because i'm in yellow this year series three and then anything that I, oh no this is series four i'm sorry series series three was yellow series four this year is green and so any and now any events I go to this year, I've kind of caught up. And when I kind of started after I kind of saw it at ScarifCon, I was like, OK, I can do better than this. And so I went back and started laying out. Well, one thing that Ian has taught us is that um, a nine buys are important, right? Why are you making 10 card <laughs> inserts for nine by pages? And so I said, all right, I'll do nine cards. They'll fit perfectly in somebody's binder page. And they'll tell the story of the year. I could be whether I had a really great episode where I had a really cool, I take cards with me when I go on vacation because I'm that guy. Um, I love it. But something that is nice, but also has, you know, goes you back to the podcast. And then, you know, I've finished that up and this, all right, let me do series two. And then, you know, you go back each year of the podcast and you'll pull these events or stickers. Um, it's sometimes it was sort of kind of hard with some of them because we didn't go places, but then you could say like, well, for my hundredth episode, um, and that's in series three. That won't be in the pack that um, Ian has. We, t- we had a Ralph McQuarrie episode. And so I talked to a bunch of people about Ralph McQuarrie. And so I could do a special card just for that. Um, we did a that's card cool. in series three for Shadows of the Empire hitting 25th, their 25th anniversary. You know, Fabio Fiore of Tatooine Times and I, we talked to Greg Hildebrand. And I'm still, you know, amazed that we got to have that conversation. So it's a nice memento of that. It's a nice memento of the podcast and also the artists I met, whether it's Kevin Cleveland, whether it's Don Murphy, uh, Mikey Babinski, all these great folks, um, they get a kind of a card. And if I do a card with them, I'll usually send them a bunch of cards and uh, everybody kind of gets, gets off on it. Cause it's like, it looks like a star Wars card, but it's a card that features, you know, it does it a little bit of everything. And it's, it's really been fun. One of the last ones was is that for celebration um some folks and 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 mikey babinski had this idea is like you should do your own sketch cards um so i produced some of these textured blanks these are thinner but they're nice uh canvas type paper and i gave them out and i 
they're in the other room now, but I gave them out to a few people, Mikey and uh, Dan Riveron and Kevin Munnings, who does, he does his own custom oh, wow. stuff. Yeah. And I actually created a card for this. Uh, this is kind of a promo card. And thankfully I called it P3 promo card three. There are no promo cards one and two yet. So I like how I'm <laughs> retconning my own shit. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but this is after you get, after you start doing this and you start to go, wow, there's a lot of things you could do. Now I could take one of these sketch hard blanks. And that was kind of my original intent was I can do a basic sketch. Um, it's mm. got the art, it's got the way on the back. That's that. cool. And this could introduce somebody to go, this is what a sketch card looks like. And if you really want a better one, collect real cards. Uh <laughs> However, if you looked at some of the ones and I should, um, I should, let me go, let me go to break for a second. I'm going to go grab mm. these sketch cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. This is so cool. What a beast, man. I'm going to show and you my pepper pots so while he's going away. So I've been dying to show you that. Look at Oh, wow. Pots. I thought I had all my show and tell. I thought I had all my show and tell. I've got loads. So I was just filling in the intermission. So Dan Riverone does some work for tops and whatnot. Now look at that. Damn. Oh my goodness, mate. And that's on your sketch doc. What? That's so cool. Wow. Pictures of these will be on the tasting notes, folks. Wow. Okay. That one. That's cool. Uh, Darth Vader. That uh, looks good. And Poe. Nice. Uh, Kevin wow. did, let's see. Let me go here. Now, this particular one of Gecko uh, will be signed by Dominic Pace when he comes back here in July. So you had him Kevin, on your chair. That was the coolest thing, man. Yeah, he's done, you know, so... Uh, I've seen some of the stuff that Mikey's done. Um, and it's also very, so these will be randomly <laughs> put into, uh, some of the series three ones that I'm, that I'll be taking with me to celebration. Oh. Um, but this was, they, they generous. I mean, I'm looking at these cards are incredibly expensive to, to, you know, if you were trying to commission somebody. And so, you know, I appreciate their time and efforts, uh, yeah. generous donation to get this in there because I think it makes it fun because it's like, once you start producing your cards and you could, if you look back at like, um, our, our parks, who does a lot of those, um, mm. sets and whatnot, where you oh, can yeah. really have fun with it. And once you kind of have the mechanism and you get the, you get the wrapper down and, you know, doing the artwork and stuff and you go, why, why would, why, why couldn't I throw something in there? Um, it's my rules. I make them up. Right. So, yep. So anyway, so that's, it became this, it became something that has turned into something. Of course, it always, it's turned into something huge, but it's really fun. By the way, Kevin Munnings also does these really cool vintage checklist cards. Oh, look at Cause that. they didn't come with the set kids. And that's so right. incredibly. I've done some of them. Yeah. I love doing your checklist those. for masterpieces 2018. Oh, that was phenomenal. Fun. That was so, fun. Anyway. No, so fun. anyway, yeah, that, that really, you know, it, it's now what's nice is I've kind of got caught up. So this year, um, for set, oh yeah, this is, this is, this is a prototype pack art for set for series three. <laughs> oh no. Nice. This would be what, you know, it takes some of these, all these things take <laughs> their homage from the actual packs. So the pack art it. for that, not only the card design, but the pack art, it's not necessarily a one-on-one. This is probably as close to a one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, that C3PO took a lot of effort to do. Um, I can imagine. But, but, you know, series three, 
uh, was pink. These were pink wrappers that tops put yeah. out really crazy. And so um, once I wow. get through, if I keep doing the podcast, once I get through the five sets of uh, Star Wars, then I'll go into Empire three sets and the, all the cards that year and the pot art would be in the vein of the three empire sets. And then I've already got a, a prototype of the return of the Jedi border. <laughs> Cause I did that one night where I just was like, I'm just going to knock this out. Um, the empire will be tougher to do because it's kind of like this faux metallic yeah. um, gradient on it. That that'll, that'll vex me a while, but I have about another two years before I really have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> So anyway, but yeah, it's just now, you know, and now it's a thing. And if nothing else, I have, you know, when I go, hopefully to, I'll be going to celebration. Like I can give away, you know. Oh gosh, that's wow. awesome. Okay. These will fit. I think this is about 45 in this box. Okay. And then so when, got, is, when is celebration? I was just about is, to look it up. <laughs> in, the, in the U.S., it's Memorial Day weekend. Unfortunately, they picked, um, it was moved back, right? So Anaheim should have been 2020. Uh, it was going to be August 2020, and then the pandemic happened. And so they moved it, they canceled it. And then it was going to be, I think it was going to be 2022. It was going to be August of 2022. Then they moved it back to Memorial Day weekend of this year. And Which so is when in the calendar? Uh, it would be May 26th through the 28th, 26th, 27th, 29th. Right. Okay. I'll be there for the f- first two days at least. Okay. Um, I have. And this know, is in Orlando, right? This is in Anaheim, California. I Anaheim have, Convention Anaheim. Center. That's right. Um, now it's one of it's one of it's one of the only events that I won't be. I was supposed to go to the International Toy Convention uh, this this at the end of April, but uh, some car some car repair kind of killed that idea. Um, but most of the events I'll be doing are local. Like we have Joliet Star Wars Day in June fifth. Um, that was a huge event that had ten years of history. Uh, and would draw about 10,000 people to the town of Joliet. It's a lower, one of the lower outer Chicagoland suburbs uh, put on by the Joliet Public Library. And they would have like the 501st. They would have all this kind of stuff. They would basically take over a small block of Joliet. Um, you know, restaurants, local restaurants across the street would have like themed, themed you know, menus and stuff. But it was a huge event and that had to be canceled during COVID. Um, I had covered it the first year of the podcast. I went down there and Tom Gross uh, from Coffee with Kenobi met me there and Dan Lowe from Fanthatrax and we traded cards uh, in the library and I got to talk to some of the artists there. They had author, um, the author, and I, oh shoot, is it John J. Miller, the guy who wrote A New Hope or A New Dawn, uh, one of the books that they had, a little artist, Allie had that. Wow. Um, so that's going on again this year. They 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 brought it back. Um, Let's see, C2E2, I'd done a lot of the, this first series of cards I've given away at C2. Uh, last year, C2E2, the big one here in Chicago, uh, that's coming in August. And let's see, I had to, I have this list at my desk at work. It's great. I don't have it anywhere else <laughs> with all the dates and things, but most of them are local. There's in, but you know, you kind of want to go like next year. Um, oh yeah, the Chicagoland, the Chicago non-sport card show is coming up mid-May, 13th and 14th in the outer Chicago suburbs. It's a sister of the Philly non-sport card show. That's the one that Ed uh, Webb does. Right. Ed Webb, who also you know, is from mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Cards, um, talked to him at, at the fall show. And I'm going to be sharing space with like, uh, Jalen Warner. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, nice. He offered me a little space there. So they, they offered me a table and I was like, well, I kind of need some power. So I think I'm going to be sharing space because he's in a, there's a corner between the two of them because uh, Ed Webb sends up on one side. And uh, what's nice, you know, Kevin Cleveland, when he was there, they have him right on the inside and you, it's one of the first ones you'll see. And they have, they give a nice, huge space to it. So I'll be there doing some of that and giving away. So, you know, 
I have different cards for different, uh, like I have collector ones that have the whole series. Then I have, um, the white ones. I have these combo ones because when I get stuff printed, a lot of times you get overruns or maybe wherever you were in their print run, they just happen. All right. We might as well do it. Otherwise we're going to waste the paper. Here's, you know, 20 extra, or in some cases I've got a lot extra. And so they become Mm. the basis, the dupes instead of just going, what I do with this. Well, I create these packs that have these combination ones and, my goal with them is that this one no. hang on for those who can't see greg has got boxes and boxes surrounding him on his, <laughs> on his kitchen table that's it Wowzers. so here so if i want to go and i say you know what that looks a heck of a lot like the pink one but it has no back color so basically with these these are combination of just cards or loose cards and i also put in some star wars cards and i also put in a sticker or two i have like these smaller stickers so that's that way, cool. if I meet a, I meet somebody who goes, Hey, look, like if I was cosplaying, go, Oh, Hey, that's cool. Cosplay here. I'm going to give you, thank you for pointing that out and, and, uh, stroking my ego. So you can have a swag bag, <laughs> but you may not be interested in, 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 in a collection of it. You just might, Oh, this is a cool piece of swag. And, and I think uh, it's great. And it takes the, the cost of it down to where, well, you know, I can get rid of those cards as well. Yeah. That was, you know, those were just free cards to me basically. And so, wow. This is cool. So, so um, sh- shall I open them? Let's yes. Do Let's do this. Let's do this. Right. I've got to make sure I'm on camera here uh, for this. So that's series one. Yes. I love the fact you've got your QR code on the back there. That's good. I uh, love the fact that QR codes have made such a big comeback. And I always tell artists, like, when you see them at cons and stuff, it's like, codes. you need yeah. your QR code yeah. at your booth. Because then instead of just putting down your, you know, your Twitter handle, which this has on the back of it, you know, mm-hmm. it's an easy call to action. They can do it, it from their phone and it goes right yep. to either a Twitter page mm-hmm. or the podcast page. Um, one thing I found with the, the wrapper is I tried a wax wrapper that was printable, but it just didn't go to scale. So this is just simply copy paper. Oh, wow. And after doing it about a million times, you kind of figure out the way to, you know, you size it up and the way you uh, cut it out and, and wrap it as All close right, to the go. original as possible. Here we go. Ready? Rapper. Do it. Greg's face. Hey, Greg. Greg's face. There we go. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. I love it. So you just see Greg's cheeky face. It goes right into the right. trash after you That's good. No, 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 no. Well, I'll keep I'll keep the wrapper because I'm 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 a fan of the rappers. There we go. Actually, right. Like so that's oh, oh I've seen one. <laughs> right, there we go. So card number, I'm assuming they're in order, so I'm gonna go card number Ooh. one. So that's Greg. Yeah, and so very early iteration where oh, I had I the blue star wow. field. I was playing with the font. I I uh, changed this one, and then eventually, yep. On the back, we have you know allusions to the podcast, and that would be more of a business card, if anything, because it's mainly just you know, hey, you can find me on here, here, and here. Oh, that's cool, um, man. And that I was that. the picture was taken at Lucasfilm. That's their office. Uh, from <sighs> my Luke Brewster took that. Oh, yeah. It's a famous uh, Yoda. Yoda yeah, yeah. Hmm. So if nothing oh. else, you see like, oh, that's the Yoda statue. You're at the Mecca. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Card number two in here. <laughs> You're right about the variations of blue straight away. <laughs> <laughs> 29, encountering Order 416. Now, who are Order 416? That's cool. So Order 416 is a, a Toronto-based cosplay group. Uh, okay. Really positive energy with these guys. One of the an interviews that at Celebration Chicago that I had set up beforehand, like I'd, I'd found them, you know, like in the Instagram page. And I just like their, 
I, I like their vibe. I like their positivity. And they had actually taken their um, pot, their booth because they were in the community section. And so they pushed the table instead of having it in front, they pushed it in back and then invited people to kind of come more into their space. And they would do things like they would do a little bit of yoga there. They would do some watching because they had a TV going and they had a lot of great you know, crossover. Like uh, mm-hmm. one of the guys had, you know, he had his, you know, a Canaan cowboy. So he had, you know, the Canaan costume, but he also had the cowboy hat. And then, um, Oh yeah. I think Dan and then uh, Reno had a great um, mall and then uh, Kareem Darcy, who I've had on the podcast before he was doing sort of a great Ray um, uh, outfit is there as well. Um, just a great bunch of group, group of guys. I may actually yeah. made a version of that card for them with the order 416 logo. So, and they, I think they gave it out. I think they were at Niagara comic-con. Um, Cause I was like, look, it was such a great picture. And I know that Maurice Mercado, um, a friend of mine online, he is Jedi toy masters him and his kids open up, you know, they go toy hunting and so forth. And when I sent them the cards, you know, it's like the one kid's going, I got a Darth Maul. I got a Darth Maul. And I was like, Oh wow. That really blew my mind as far as like what people saw when they looked at some of these cards, like they were just looking at the character. They weren't looking at anything else. They're like, man, I got Darth Maul on this card, man. Uh, that's, like, that's, awesome. that's so dope. So okay. Jodie at Star Wars cool. day. So that's what you were just talking about. Yes. And they had the, the Legion wall project. So there was a whole car, whole wall of nothing but the 501st cards. And this was inside wow. the Joliet Public Library. And it was it was striking uh, because, you know, you you go there and you might pick up like whenever you go see the 501st, you definitely ask them to see if they have a card. And then you have sometimes you have these one offs going, what do I do with this? Where do I put it? Like anything, like any card collector. But then you see all these and go, man, they've been doing this for a long time. And it's a nice tribute to, you know, to the characters, to the people who put a lot into making these outfits and, and all the charity work that the 501st does and the Rebel Legion and Mando Marks and all that. So um, when I was looking for a card from Joliet Star Wars Day, that was one that kind of lent itself to sort of a meta, right? It's card, not a card. So, yeah. Well, 501st. Who, who are they? The, For those who might not know, just give us the so, quick elevator pitch as to who the five hundred first are. Well, so I mean, the, the, yeah, go ahead, Greg. Oh no, I was just going to say. So the five hundred first was sort of like Vader's fist, I want to say. So in canon, right, it was you know Vader's stormtrooper legion or clone legion, and so basically the five hundred first and their offshoots, the Rebel Legion and the Mandalorian Mercs. These are officially um, sanctioned costuming groups. And they have very strict standards as far as like, if you're trying to put a stormtrooper outfit together, you have to be, it has to meet these standards it has to be voted on and things like that. But if there is a charity event um, or if there's a red carpet event, or in some cases in the Mandalorian um, in that stint with uh, there you go. Mandalorian season that's one, what I was going to say with Moff Gideon. Yeah, baby. The extra stormtroopers were members of the 501st. They invited to come on. And because those the 501st guys knew better than the actors or the extras playing the the stormtroopers, how to wield their weapon, how to move as stormtroopers. Yeah. And so the 501st has this great history of like the mid 90s, uh, mid to late 90s up until now. Um, they'll be at events and you'll see. I mean, it's amazing. They'll be at like, like I said, you'll see them at ballparks if they have like a Star Wars night. Mm. Uh, there'll be people from the 501st and then there'll be the Rebel Legion, which is the the good guys. You know, like the, the, yeah. the 501st thing is bad guys doing good. The Rebel Legion is like, hey, these <laughs> are all your Jedis or whether it's a Jedi costume, whether it's like a Kenobi or just a Jedi that you put out. Um, and then the Mandalorian mercs just do Mandalorian stuff. Um, and so these are, like I said, um, it's really great when you get an event that has the 501st there. Um, one of my cards, one of the last cards I did uh, for series three, uh, my friend Todd Hoffman um, okay. did this great pose. And I knew right away, 
you know, he, he's like, you want this? And I'm like, yes, because that's going to be a card right away. So there's a picture of Todd at C2 holding a couple of the swag packs, a little different variants of it. Oh, that's um, cool. There's Mikey Babinski also at, I think Orland, I think it's Orland or Orland, um, Orland Park. Con. So he had his booth set up. He's done work for, uh, he's done comic work. He's done uh, sketch card work. Um, really great guy. I interact with him and he's one, like I said, one of the ones that kind of said like you should produce your own sketch card blanks. Um, but it was a nice way to kind of take away from a great interview. Uh, there had been a lot of snow, so that con wasn't as heavily gone to, but we had a great conversation. I think I used it and uh, got to spend time. Episode, in a nine. Bit of his Episode mm-hmm. nine. I think he was on according to the back. That's there cool. Uh, well, Oh, galaxy's edge. <laughs> nice. See, I so, can see you rocking your rebel base card t-shirt there, Greg. Got the swag. Cameron Tobias, which was a, a, another great sketch art artist who's done work for a lot of different folks. Um, he was working uh, at one of the Disney parks at the time, and, and I was in the area and invited me to come in. And we actually interviewed him at Galaxy's Edge. And, you know, cool. there's nothing that's not camera worthy at Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. And so this just made it. And he's been on the podcast like two or three times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great artist and a really great human being. And, uh, and it was really fun. And so, like I said, these are nice mementos that I can go back and if I ever see him again, get him autographed. <laughs> That's cool. Don Murphy. Don Murphy, who has been now working for Tops, an amazing artist. Uh, she also does a lot of like costume type art. Um, but I had actually met her. This is before she got picked up for her first top set. Um, she was local. This was at another um, Orland Park Public Library. Um, Raz Ortiz was also there. So some of these like local places, like maybe your library has like a little event where they have local artists or you know people like that. These are great events to go to. And you know, a lot of people who are putting a lot of passion into their art. And I'm really happy she's beginning on sets. I actually pulled one of her sketch cards from uh, the Galaxy Chrome. Uh, last oh, year, wow. if I'm not mistaken. So the chances of that is astronomical of pulling somebody I know, but also have had on. Uh, but yeah, I can I can beat my chest a little bit and say, yeah, I knew her before. Uh, she's, <laughs> that, uh, she's amazing. It. Um, oh, but it's funny man. because she is a good friends with Holly Fry of Full of Sith. And so everybody's kind of connected. Dude. These are great connections. Yeah, that's, cool. that, that's what I mean already. There's so many names that you're dropping. And I don't know if they're podcasts, groups, uh, Instagram, but yeah, whatever they are. I just we we I mean, I'm not sure we could do that. Or I have to make cards so I, I can remember all these people. That's the thing. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure we could do that from the Marvel side of things because it's all so weirdly siloed. Anyway, new film, new collectibles. So this was Rise of Skywalker coming out. Must be right. So that R2D2, which I have one finally, um, is both a popcorn tin and a and a soda tin. You could open is. up. You can open up the the main that you can take his head off and you can put popcorn in there. And there's like a little uh, back compartment, I think, that opens up. And then the top one, you could actually pour your drink into and he, actually you could take it with a straw. And of oh, course, I, cool. I was having none of that. Um, but that came out during the Rise of Skywalker. And then you see the tins in the back, which I do have somewhere. Um, popcorn bucket ones. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then stuff. later on, when they released The Empire Strikes Back, had their 40th or whatever, and they, this is during COVID, and they had them in the film uh, at the theater, uh, they still had some of those R2s. So I went back and got one because instead of being nice. 50, 50, it was like 35. And I'm like, yes, it's coming <laughs> home with me. I've just seen what's coming up. So we'll, we'll whiz through this one because the next one's hilarious. <laughs> the Land of the Lucas. Land of Lucas. So is that the Bay Bridge? That is, is that, the Golden, uh, Gate, Golden Bridge. Gate Bridge. Sorry. Uh, um, right before I walked across it, um, with a friend of mine, uh, Luke, 
Yeah, it's fun to take cards. And that's a lot of times having these, you know, having beaters or having ones that, you know, doesn't that you don't worry about the condition is to try to put them in situations where they wouldn't normally be. And thankfully, what this taught me is this is how you if you're going to do a card like this, this is how you crop it so that you get everything in it. I did one in New Orleans where I didn't do it right. And it's I had to not be able to use that image because it's not cropped right. So now uh, when I'm going and taking these shots of <laughs> let me put a card in a place. Now I have to think about the framing of and figure out like, is that going to look good on a card? Once again, once you start doing these cards, then you start looking at proportions where this is at in, is it going to make a good looking card? That's pretty the checklist. The checklist. I'm so excited about this card. No disrespect to the previous cards, but this card has made me smile. No end. Okay. Not least that. because when you turn it around, you <laughs> read what it says there. Oh. The QR code scan you will to follow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I mean, that's brilliant. I love it. Poor I love repurposing that the art. And so in that that's case, great. I did have, I, I'd used that, that shot of Yoda and even that, that burst I'd had from somewhere else. And like the great thing about having some of this digital art is that you can just repurpose it over and over again. And, yeah. you know, once again, the original sets didn't have a checklist and you're thinking like, even though, yeah, it's not, you know, card nine, I should probably have, card 10 be the checklist but in yeah. this case it's just as much fun and i think someone i think i had to send an extra card because they wanted to use the checklist card uh <laughs> you know which i've done on like some of uh kevin's stuff when i was going back over the ventures i'm like i'm going to use it damn checklist card because that's what it's, <laughs> it's there for and you don't see them as often and yeah. so it becomes a nice end piece that gives a promo of the ser of the uh, second series and then it's also once again it's promoting so all this is kind of promoting the podcast but it's giving you something entertaining to open and yes he's showing uh one of the rebel base card stickers i love it I love it. A sticker. You can't go wrong with a sticker. I can't the go wrong with a sticker. Yep. Right. Now, these are the bonus cards that are from actually uh, produced sets. So this is uh, Force Awakens. It's Tops Chrome, I'm, I'm guessing, because it says on the back, Force Awakens. Yeah, they did Very a Force cool. Awakens Chrome set the the, the summer after uh, the four, in 2016. And uh, I Not didn't chase it because um, basically it was, I think they might've had some different shots, but for the most part, I was at that point, I had collect, collected so much retail Force Awakens that I was not interested in chasing it again. <laughs> um, but it, you know, so that just happened to be one of the dupes that I, or one of the cards I had in the bin. I was like, all right, I'm just going to give this out. So I'm glad you got that one. Okay, a couple of Star Wars Galaxy. I think this might be series three, I want to say. Yes, it is. Ooh, Nice. So Star Wars Galaxy is kind of the original art set, isn't it, of, of the Star Wars realm? Yes, which goes back to 93. And also notice that, look at that embossing on yeah. the front. That's a first day printing. So apparently wow. for some of the Galaxy sets, um, because they were producing so many of these cards, that one's um, oh, it mattered cool. that it was amongst the first batch. I'm like, okay. Um, but the Galaxy sets, they did those original three, 93, 94, 95. Mm. And they've done nine Galaxy sets now. Mm. Um, the Galaxy Chrome, which they redid last year, um, yep. was I think the ninth set uh, where they redid. And so the 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 Galaxy sets, you know, what's nice is they really highlight the art that has been done by different artists. Mm. Mm. Um, in the newer sets, they do a lot of like where they'll do new art for the, so they'll take some of those sketch artists and they'll actually create base sets or base cards. Yeah, beautiful. Them. Yeah, uh, Marsha they did Parkins. that for Andrew yep. Fry. There was a card in there that Jack Kirby did, which was pretty cool um, from back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I pulled it 
think I told you, Greg, I pulled it out of the Star Wars Galaxy box. I, I got it mm-hmm. from over here and it was really cool to see a Jack Kirby piece on there. But yeah, it was really cool. And there's I think there's a Greg Hillebrand at one point. And I love the Galaxy stuff. I have. They're amongst my favorites um, mm-hmm. because they do highlight the art. And now you're seeing a lot more that the artists get you know, get their due as it were. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. a lot of those who I've gone on to meet like Ben Abbasada and Kevin Cleveland, like yes. I said, Marsha Parkins, and you'll go back and you go, Oh wow. You were in that 2018 um, galaxy set. And then some I of those. Got the galaxy to... set. It's just awesome. Oh. I think galaxy sets like one of my favorites hands down. I don't know. I just, I just think it's so great. I hope they do like a really cool Mandalorian one. Um, I haven't seen, they did, they did a galaxy set and I have some of those. Yeah, there'll be another galaxy set that's coming this year. And let's see. Yeah, I think there's another Chrome Galaxy coming in October of this year. I was just going to quickly to my oh, really? card release schedule. So I think they got they know a good thing. And I think they've done this in bursts where you have oh, he's back to uh, series two. He's back he's to patiently two. waiting to open up series I two. See that. <laughs> Our listeners are waiting. <laughs> Our listeners are waiting <laughs> to, to hear us open something they can't see. So I'm really hoping this makes it onto the uh, uh, Instagram as well. Right here we go. So series two. Oh, what are you showing? And these there? are red borders. So. Oh, that's cool. Okay, here we go. Card number 10. So the first one of series two. So steam into Star Wars. This is Dan Zare and Corey Club of Coffee with Kenobi. Dan Zare, by the way, he's a host of Celebration this year. So he's gone from podcaster to Celebration host. Whoa, um, wow. This was at a steam in the Star Wars event. This is, you know, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Um, I never knew what that meant. You've talked about it so many times on the podcast, but I don't think you ever gave <laughs> a breakdown cool. of what that meant. This was held downstate in uh, Washington High School, Washington Community High School. And it was like a little mini con. So they had, you know, uh, I was a podcaster down there. Uh, they had artists, they had authors, um, they had activities for kids and so forth. And it was really fun and coffee with Kenobi, as well as I did a live version of the podcast there. Mm. And so there you see members of the 501st that came on hand. And so, you know, uh, Dan Lowe was down there. Uh, Ross Holliban from now, who, who is a writer for Fanta Tracks, uh, Megan Cullinan, uh, who also writes for Fanta Tracks. So it's like a lot of us just got to have a chance to meet up and we were supposed to do it again this year, January, but it was another, they had to go virtual during COVID. And then this year they had had a physical event, but then, uh, Hashtag COVID. Uh, so hopefully next January, I think he'll do another one uh, before I think they're going to change the event a little ways uh, a bit. But uh, it's fun because, you know, you got to go down there you meet some friends that you only interact with online. Um, what he's looking at now is C2E2 and a shot of the crowd in the booth. Nice. I just, I'd love to go to anything like that. I really would. <laughs> it looks so cool. It'd and it's really local fun. for you as well. Uh, yes, it's one of the biggest ones in the Midwest, yeah. um, McCormick Place, which was also where Celebration was. And so uh, this is this is a fun place to not only meet a lot of my local Star Wars folks, but, um, you know, uh, Joey G from Ninja Turtles is there. He's a huge Instagrammer as far as Ninja Turtle stuff. Nice. And uh, he goes down there and you'll see other people. The 501st are down there. Um, so it's really fun. And like I said, a lot of this stuff is pretty easy. It's like, you know, the, the cards in this case, now I'm going into a place going, you know, what's the image I want to take away? Cause I've already sort of tried to figure out like, okay, based on the events I'm going to, I need one or two shots from here. And you're already thinking like a card producer. He's holding up Carl Schmidt. Um, 
who is a collector, but in this case, uh, (laughs) he's a collector. He does a lot. He likes to collect the, the sketch, the blank comic art, uh, black comic covers, and then commission people to do them like Mikey Babinski. In this case, he had a uh, rebels poster and he's had all these different, you see all the different signatures he's collected. Uh, He was bringing it to C2 to have another, I forget who was going to have sign it. Um, wow. But I keep, he was one of the first people to recognize me at my very first con at C2. And he goes, cool. Rebel Base Card, he follows you. And of course, he's been like my favorite, favorite fan ever since. Uh, <laughs> but he's just a really great guy, uh, card collector, comic collector, and uh, cool. and just a really, really nice guy. And I had to do a card for him. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Greg, you're in jail there. Our host yes. trapped, card 13. <laughs> Unlucky for Greg. Um, so this is also C2E2. Yes. So here we had one of the Mandalorian Mercs and I went back and actually got the guy. I actually created, there's two versions of this card because I went back and, nice. and uh, I don't want to dig to find it, but uh, he was very nice to uh, allow me to like, I, I usually try like, if I'm going to do a card, I'm like, if someone's going to be on it, Hey, do you mind if I put you on a card? I'm mm. like, Hey, no, it's cool. But that's in this cool. case, I try to limit the number of times you see me on a card, but in this case, it was just a fun image and they had a little setup for it. C2E2. Um, there was a card with it. me and some droids there, but it didn't make it. So some of these, like, they may end up becoming promo cards. Now, this was fun. I remember listening to this, your <laughs> Summer of Scotch, which was artist Brent Scotchman. Now, he's the Aussie guy, yeah? Yes, he's out yes. of uh, Western Australia. He's, he's like he's like the guy where they literally they have a, the truck that crosses Australia that takes a day to go and a day to come back, and that's how his stuff gets to him, sent from tops, his, his blanks and things. That's how they get to him, yeah? It's crazy. I remember that story. <laughs> and his was, you know, like we had done an interview and then we'd done a break, and so I kind of they felt naturally like they should be two episodes. So I kind of, you know, broke up the event and then just called it the Summer of Scotch. Uh, that's actually not Scotch. That's tea uh, i'd actually taken that picture here and you know it's just great how you can do a camera in camera trick to make it look like it was you oh, know and then oh, i had a oh i've dropped them all <laughs> I, a lit, them I had one of those ice cubes that light up and so it just really you know so it, it really made it nice and i put his logo That's which awesome. was grilled cheese uh productions or something like that now um <laughs> scarif con scarif con now is this the one is this this is like a small little comic store based con that literally happens in an alley is it Alley Cat Comics? Is that right? Alley Cat Comics. And so, you know, Rogazga uh, from the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast and Red Five Network um, partnered with Alley Cat Comics. And also it kind of coincided with Dominic Pace's. Uh, he was an extra in The Mandalorian. Uh, it, he was uh, the gecko in one of, he, one of the bounty hunters. So he was coming to there because he was kind of promoting uh, The Mandalorian and, you know, trying to get his name out there as far as getting some actual merch. And so they kind of all gelled together and created this great little con, especially in the midst of uh, COVID mm. where people could come, they could meet Gecko, get an autograph. Um, Rohat was, was podcasting and streaming the whole day. Uh, we did it again last year. Uh, and it was really fun because you met there's, you know, Rod from Jedi Temple archives who's, who's on the camera there. Um, and I want to say that Ro Gazga is talking with uh, Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio, uh, who used to do like the all the, these the things case. you're mentioning. It's just blowing my mind. <laughs> it's just like, I don't think you have really the only cool. thing you've repeated is the Red Five something something, which just sounds deeply impressive. Um, and and yeah, you know we've got loads of groups that are different <laughs> very cool that's it due to the podcasters so this is scarificon as well so that's you in cosplay isn't it greg yes that was the first time i'd actually one of my covid projects was putting together an outfit and i was matt the radar technician from the snl skit 
Adam Driver was in <laughs> with that undercover oh, boss, uh, Starkiller Base. And if I have, if you haven't seen it, it's one of my favorite things ever. Thanks to Star Wars Resistance, by the way, for making that outfit canon. Um, but so <laughs> Rod took a picture of me and Ro, and you know, you notice. And and the funny part was is that I was, you know, the first time I've ever cosplayed, and so. I, I had to go and you have to, that's mostly an off the shelf. Look, the hardest thing is the vest, uh, which you, which I paid way too much for the vest. So I'm walking and I, and it's down, it's in Chicago, one of the Northern, you know, the areas of Chicago. And so I'm walking down the street past these open air restaurants and I've got like, I'm slowly assembling the costume as I'm walking. Cause I'm like, I'm a little, you know, like this clown walking with this, you know, it looked like he, um, you know, with this outfit on. And so finally I, I got in there and, and uh, it was incredibly hot, but that's just, that's nothing compared to those guys who wear like the outfits, the official oh, yeah. 501st outfits. They just yeah. sweat themselves to death. Here we go. Now, I speaking of sweating yourself to death, I listened to your 40th episode, Empire Strikes Back episodes. Now you did at yes. least three, maybe more. And I learned so much in those episodes about the Empire Strikes Back sets, uh, the original ones, um, and the black and white ones and the wide wide vision ones. Is it wide vision? Yeah, it was. Um, yes. And I listened to them while I was painting um, out the outside of my house during lockdown and it was really really hot so I was literally sweating buckets like for two days painting you know, the outside of the house and the conservatory which was through glass so that was even hotter whilst listening to these episodes so I've got I've got fond memories of where and when I heard those um, those were a blast to do um, yeah I had different people uh, one episode I had Tom Gross from Coffee with Kenobi I had Michael Delaney uh, Michael Delaney um, from Hoth Ion Cannon, I'm killing his. I'm killing his uh, name now. But we, you know, we had one where he talked about all the different sets, and then I talked with uh, my friend Stephen Stalk. We had a separate episode where we talked in more depth about all the future, all the the, the post vintage sets, mm. and then I talked with this um, this guy who uh, this. Uh, He's a younger guy who collected, he collects a lot of Kenner stuff, but he actually was making cards with the Kenner figures on him. Like he just doing it in Photoshop, right. yes. the Kenner oh, cards. That's cool. Um, I think it's retro rebel 77 on Instagram. Uh, but you know, and so it was just fun because it was an event. Like once again, you're kind of mm. making something from it and we'll probably be doing something very similar next year because the return of the Jedi hits 40th, their 40th anniversary. Oh, cool. And oh, uh, wow. it was fun to do a little intro to it and to get a little, you know, da da da. And um, one of the in early entrance, early things of putting video on Instagram, as far as like in your post. And there you go. There's another checklist. Series two checklist. We got to love the checklist. And this one has. That's awesome. R2. Um, did we That's lose? Cool. Oh, I think did we lose? No, you Ian's? did because I dropped the card on the button and muted myself. <laughs> <laughs> Only in England, right? There we go. So there we go. And right. You, and so you we've know, got another sticker. Yep. I've done different versions of the sticker, and I wish I could say that they're done purposely, but they're usually it's whatever. If I'm looking on Instagram and That's seeing right. whatever sticker deal, whatever whatever logo I can get to quickest that I can find um, mm -hmm. is what I put in in the order. So sometimes I've had different color ones. Um, you know, I, I have different colors of the bursts, and they do follow the order of mm. um, the other. The other, if you're wondering why R2 looks that way, is that's that's the there's a large portion in that one of R2 that's not drawn, <laughs> so oh, he, right. he he can only be that he can only be that way. But I finally <laughs> did finish. 
I finally did finish the R2 and that's, you know, you're going to talk about repurposing. Mm. That's the same one now. He's got the full. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with oh. you. So we've got three bonus cards here uh, from the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker set. Card number one. Mm, Mustafar Massacre. There we go. And we have Very card cool. number 60, 60, which is Force Luke talking to Ray. Uh, and finally, we have card number 73, Ben Solo arrives. So once again, thank you for giving me a vehicle to get rid of some of my duplicates. Um, no, otherwise, cool. I just sit there. Cool. Um, so which brings me to my, my decision, Greg. Uh, so during um, – thank you for sending these, by the way, Greg. They're, they're, they're brilliant, and I'm glad we got a chance to go through them and, and kind of showcase them a little bit. Um, I have been trimming down my Marvel collection, as you'll have heard. Um, and during lockdown, I crazily started going into Star Wars quite heavily. Um, and I've got maybe about within the space of about six months, ended up with about 20 sets in various states of completion, none of which wow. I think I'm ever going to finish. So I'm about to trim most of them off. So, Greg. <clears throat> I get a care package to you, namely because I'm about to move house and I simply have to get rid of some stuff. Um, <laughs> would you like me to mail you a heck load of Star Wars cards? Yes, because then I can repurpose them. Exactly. Um, you sent some of them to me, but I'm going to be sending you back a lot of UK stuff. That's that's, is, yeah. that's fair. And yes, I've been trying to collect some of the UK variant ones um, because you know when you have a different set, even though it's the same franchise, you're like, this is a completely different set. I must have it. So I started to get that when you saw like some of the journey to the last Jedi tins that I got that they were UK only, yes. uh, I was fortunate enough to get, and I got like about, you know, there were 40 cards in a tin. I'm like, perfect. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's great because, you know, a lot of times dupes, you know, and this, I don't care whether you're collecting baseball or Marvel or star Wars, you'll, you will get dupes. And some of it, if you're on top of your game and you're not doing a podcast or anything else, you can relist these things and sell them off and repackage them on eBay. But a lot of times they either, they either just get pitched because you just don't have room where you move and you have to yeah. go. Yeah. Um, or they, you know, so in this case, I think it's fun to spread this out, spread our sins out. Uh, and make accessories of people to go, look, maybe someone can enjoy the card. Maybe they've never seen it before. Mm -hmm. uh, they can do whatever they want with it, but there's something to that. And, you know, when you're going to a convention, like I said, and doing swag and so forth, it's a nice vehicle because it's very yeah. enclosed. It's something that, oh, wow. And, you know, you can, I can mess about with the distribution, mm -hmm. but I think the vehicle I like a lot, whether or not, you know, like, you know, later on, if I, you know, bust out a Patreon and now I can make more of them or this or that. Now it's kind of fun because now there's just something, the idea is out and it's there, it's physical and it's a lot of people's hands. And I think the more you get like from the card one, you have now card 18. Now you start mm -hmm. to go, okay. And now with this last one, you know, this, uh, the Stormtrooper one's card 26, there's 27 official cards. You go, okay. You get through the next one you start to get something of like, this is actual a thing. This is a collection. Mm. And uh, that's what I think, you know, you don't really know until you start this journey. And now it's just a question of like, over time, how do you do it cheaply? How do you do it? You know, without, you know, and, and basically the cost of producing one of these cards is about like a DoorDash. You know, have you tried to DoorDash lately? It's expensive. Um, so it's like, I can either DoorDash something for lunch or I could go make a card. And if I get extras and I get enough extras, well, then I can put those, I can make those, to use. And then you figure out ways to do your printing cheaper. 
um, to use less ink to do this. And then it's kind of it makes it an easy piece of swag to put together. And now I'm only having doing one set a year. I'd, I wouldn't mind later on doing like a, my, my dream would be to do a artist only set, kind of like a galaxy of my own. Um, but I would like to, I would love to try to either commission the artist or figure out a way to, to compensate him for it, but also have mm. them have as base cards. Like, all right, we're going to take that image. And the, the guy who does grilled cheese, uh, or excuse me, uh, garbage shoot droids who works with Brent Scotchmer, um, follow garbage shoot droids on Instagram. He does kind of a mashup of star Wars and, uh, garbage pail kids had oh. Scotchmer commissioned Brent Scotchmer to do some of these cards and it has actually blossomed into other artists and they do these sets that he puts together and, you know, he'll do different variants of cards and things like that. It's amazing what he's doing. Wow. And I've talked to him. He's been on the podcast before. Um, and it gets you ideas, you know, like I've, uh, especially with some of these people who do custom cards, you know, uh, Steve Brownlee from uh, Raygun cards who did like some of the, uh, was it some of the Cobra Kai stuff? You know, he would just do these cards that just, people just want these cards to exist mm, mm. and they're not looking to make a, a ton off of, they just, they're just, I want to take this stop. I want to make a trading card for this or the phantom cardboard guys who did one. They did one, a couple of Fletch cards. I'm like, I, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I need that. I need a Fletch trading card with, you know, from the movie and, and yeah. it's fun. Right. So, so you're a podcaster and now you're a trading card manufacturer. So you're adding strings to your bow, which is, which is great. Hats off to you. I've uh, never heard it say that way, but that's awesome. Well, you know, I, I like to blow smoke up the ass of our guests, as you probably realized over the years. Um, yep. We're, we're kind of at time. So, Greg, is there anything uh, apart from telling us, telling the listeners where people can find you on the interweb? Is there anything else you wanted to tell us about the exciting stuff you've got coming up? Mm, I would say I'm I'm thrilled to uh, to get this stuff out of the house. Uh, so I'll be very excited. <laughs> sure, your family are too. <laughs> It goes back to like, you see, like I have these like big boxes and I've had to archive a lot of cards, you know, to make room for binders. And it's not my preferred way of collecting. I like to go back to the, you know, getting, getting the, the cards out of the box and into the binder to begin with was a way so you could enjoy it to protect the cards, but also enjoy them. And I don't necessarily enjoy them when they're in boxes because they're, it just looks, you, you've seen those like shots, uh, whether it's on Facebook or whatnot of like these huge collections where it's just nothing but boxes. And I find that yeah. sad in a way because I like the fact of having them, but I don't like the fact of not being able to go through and pick them up. You know, like, and, and you got me on the binder tech game and I've collect, I've changed out most of my vintage now have the binder tech binders and sleeves, which look so much better oh, wow. on a shelf. Yeah. Um, they are, they're four times the cost of a binder, but they're worth it in every way because well, it's they, a long-term thing as well. Yes, this is why I've been swapping out for these um, these ones in in the sleeves. They're gorgeous, and I think that they they look good on a shelf, you know. Because what doesn't uh, look good on the shelf? You have stickers on them, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's you know that was part of it. So you know, do I end up having to you know like moving them from binders back to boxes to archive? Does that tell me something about the collection? Probably, you know, because we do <laughs> evolve over time. But it is like a project once it's done. You know, I, but now it seems like, you know, we go back and we look at the cards that we really have a, you know, a fondness for, whether it's yeah. vintage or whether it's the stuff from the nineties or yeah. whether it's this. And so I think as collectors, we are evolving. And mm -hmm. this is why the podcast, what you guys do uh, is so important because we're rolling along with it, but we're finding out what we really truly enjoy and, 
everybody has a space problem. And so what you have to do is like, you know, what, what did somebody in, uh, say, you know, the one who ends up what, with the most toys when they die wins or something like that. It's like, are, what are we a race to? And I think these are topics that I would like to discuss with you guys and other collectors going forward in future visits to go where, what's our collection now and how do we feel about, do we feel differently and how can we talk to an audience that is potentially getting into this or in this, Hey, you're not alone. This is what we feel. Mm. It's perfectly fine. You're the way you collect is valid, but these are some of the things we're running into. So it's, you know, we're all, it's like a group therapy session from now on. And I think that's to me <laughs> topics for uh, future discussion because it is a collector. It, we are collectors in process or in progress. Well, why don't I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there now. Why don't we come and do um, us being guests on your show and you can ask us all you want to start exploring some of that. Good. Because Actually, then I don't have to bore that. you with all this other junk. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. Let's I would love it. that. Let's yeah. That's it. kind of, yeah. I would but really, let's do it really soon in the next few weeks. So we can like call it a part two, I guess. I'm ready whenever. Yes. Yeah. Get you guys back on and, and uh, yeah, it's, I'll be excited to, like I said, get through the first part of these conventions because one, I want to, get rid of the swag, but two, it's, you know, you really feel like you're on, like when you go to these events and we're blessed to have them here, you start to get that energy to do it. And when you start meeting people that you've interacted with online and you know you see them in person and things like that, that's what is going to propel me forward is the connections to, you know, it's like, whereas the celebration starting the podcast was, initiating a lot of those friendships this is really about like this is meeting again and now meeting in some cases people i've known for two to three years in person for the first time and that's a huge dynamic because when we talk and we could go for another four or five hours Easily. we could record everything but it's a different conversation and you can tell it's like look we would really love to sit down but how you know it's how precious is our time that we spend every minute almost recording but we could spend hours talking about this off mic because we just enjoy the company. We enjoy each other. And it's just, and, and that's why I just, to have, to have un, a, like an unlimited chat session or something like that, where you got to meet somebody and have a, have a you know, round or two. Oh my God, that would be, that's like taking it to a whole other level. So that's what, at some point I would hope to meet people, you guys in person, because that would be, wow. Can you imagine yes. when we don't have oh. to like, Oh, we lost the Skype or the zoom. Or yeah. Well, knowing recently had the fortune to actually go and do some of that with some, some cats in the Marvel side. Um, Which was just I'm, really crazy I'm to see that. Yeah. I, just, I am. I am going to, you know, Ian's coming over on a trip soon. So we're going to be doing something then, but Boston, I am yeah, baby. But I am going to be, I'm going to go to Heroes Con, which is here in North Carolina. So I'm doing that. I think Matt Fuller is going to. So, okay. so it might be a thing. Uh, so if anybody else wants to go and is in the area, please do. Um, I know Dallas is going to be a pretty big showing of Marvel card people. Um, Are you going to um, National? No, I, I am going to go to National. Yep. Oh, Are wow. you going to that, Greg? <laughs> Probably Atlantic, not. Although, what City, was it? Isn't it? End of July, something like that. Something like that. I can yeah. look it up. It's something like that. Like I, I just, so many people are going that we know. Um, and we had and, it in Chicago know. last year, and 
Um, it's should have gone to that. It's huge. Um, yeah, like I said, um, in things like that, I think eventually some of these, some of these ones that are out, um, I probably will end up having to go to at some point, like the Philly non, uh, non sport card show and, mm. and like the national one moves just because it's where everything is. And like I said, um, yeah. same thing with celebrations. Like once you start to get to know these folks and you're like, and it becomes something where I'm just not there for four days and I'm by myself. Now it's like, Oh, I can meet up with so-and-so and, and uh, mm. dinner plans, to- hang out, talk in the mm. lobby. Like, it's awesome. Like I want to, I don't know, man, I really want to go to celebration now and hang out with you guys <laughs> pretty bad. So I don't know, maybe I'll do that too. I'm hoping know. that that celebration comes back to the East coast. I'd like it to come back to Orlando. I would love it to come back to Chicago, but I think that um, cool. now just how big these events are, you limit the number of places like before you was when it was in, in Indianapolis or Denver, some of these other places or the celebration Europe. Um, I'm sure at wow. some point they're going to want, want to go over there especially with they want to try to up the frequency of them and i think eventually once covid dies down i could see them doing a like if they're doing it every other like maybe again where they get europe on the rotation or they go back to the uk and something and that would be a little trickier to go to but um it wouldn't be bad be taking a break from some of us because it's like okay it's not cheap to go to one of these um yeah. You know, because you have to figure out your plane and your hotel. And then, you know, if you're going to spend some things now, thankfully for celebration, I don't really need to buy anything there. I just need to shove mics in people's faces and meet. So it's like, (laughs) I don't have to do very much there other than just be there. And that's, that's the fortunate part for me. Um, Yeah. Cause otherwise it's like, yeah, go, go to a card show and like, you better take an empty suitcase cause you're bringing back wax. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wax. It's going to happen. In your case, you'll be going with the full suitcase it. and, and em- coming back with the empty suitcase. So. <laughs> have, yeah. have, uh, have swag. We'll travel. Have swag. We'll travel. travel. Well, there's, 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 um, there's nothing better to wrap the episode up with. Um, I would, I would I, listen. I would love nothing more than to, you know, sit around and, you know, have a drink. And, um, you know, I just thought I'd end with a little quote as I started the episode with a little Ooh. quote. Oh boy! Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? You have been listening. I have been. Listening. <laughs> you have been listening. <laughs> I have been listening. I have been listening. Greg, what do you say at the end of one of our podcasts? Enjoy collecting. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. You can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast can be found by Googling at the MCC pod, which will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Our Facebook community is at MCCW, Marvel Car Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine Marvel and enjoy collecting. <laughs>